We read the Word of the Lord this evening in Ephesians chapter 5. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints." Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God, upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, rather reprove them, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake, thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. 
For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Thus far we read God's holy and inerrant word. May God add his blessing upon the reading of the Holy Scriptures. The text that we consider this evening is verses 22 through 24 of this chapter, Ephesians 5. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Beloved congregation in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you were to make a study of the instruction of God's Word in the New Testament passages about What is the calling of the Christian wife? You will readily find that the fundamental, the most basic calling that God gives to the Christian wife is she is to live in submission to her husband. 1 Peter 3, verse 1. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. And if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. As well, Colossians, Colossians 3, verse 18. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. And it's not just the minister who has the duty of instructing women, wives, to understand that it is their calling to submit to their husbands. But it's also, and I believe even especially, the duty of elderly women to teach younger women to submit to their husbands. Titus. Titus 2, verses 3 and following. The aged women likewise, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, obedient to their own husband. 
Why? That the word of God be not blasphemed. You can begin to understand the seriousness of this fundamental calling that God gives to wives throughout the New Testament Scriptures. The wife does not live in subjection to her husband. Then she gives occasion for the holy word of God to be blasphemed. God has blessed us as a congregation with many godly, submissive wives. I am thankful for the presence in this congregation of so many Christian wives who make it their daily determination to live in subjection unto their husbands. The reality is the church needs submissive Christian wives. Husbands need submissive wives. Children need mothers who are submissive to fathers. So let's consider this evening then the submission of the Christian wife. First we'll see the calling for the wife to live in submission to the husband. Second, the reason for it. Look in there at verse 23, for the husband is the head. And then the high standard is given to us in verse 24, therefore as the church so the wife. The submission of the Christian wife, the calling, the reason, the high standard. What generally then is the meaning and the idea of submission? Submission literally has the idea of being subject unto, being subordinate unto, even placing oneself under another. Romans chapter 13, the well-known instruction in God's Word about the relation of the citizen to the government, says, Romans 13, 1, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. And that word translated there as be subject unto is the same word translated in this text as being uh, uh, submitting. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Now when we say that the word literally means to be subject unto or even to be subordinate unto, let us be very careful in understanding in what sense the Christian wife is to be subordinate unto her husband. This does not mean, the Word of God does not teach that the wife is of lesser value 
than her husband. It does not mean that the wife is of lesser importance than her husband. It does not mean that as God looks down upon His people, that God has a greater love and a greater respect for those who are male, and God has a lesser measure of love and a lesser measure of respect for those who are female. So therefore then God has commanded the woman to be under, to be subject unto the husband. Nowhere does the Word of God teach that the Christian wife is any less precious in the sight of God than the Christian husband. But rather when we speak, when the Scriptures speak of being subordinate unto the husband, being subject unto the husband, it is specifically in this area that the Christian wife is to be subject with regard to her will, her desire. You see, this whole, the, the idea of subjection, of being in subjection unto someone else, must be understood in distinction from the idea of being obedient to someone else. Now, these two ideas are closely related to each other. And it is the case that being subject unto someone leads to being obedient unto that individual. And yet, the Scriptures distinguish between these two realities. Obedience is what one does outwardly. Obedience is something that can be observed in someone else. You can watch a wife live in obedience to her husband, but being subject unto the husband is different than obedience. Being subject unto the husband is something that happens within the heart of the Christian wife. It's something internal that the outside person cannot even behold. You will see the effects. You will see it revealed in the way that she speaks of her husband and in the way that she interacts with him. But the reality is this idea of subjection is something that starts in the heart, in the will and in the desires of the Christian wife. The calling of God's Word is this, that she is to have her will be subject unto, that is to be subordinate unto, the will and the desires of her husband. The hope in a Christian home is that it would not happen frequently that there is conflict between the desire of the husband on the one hand and the desire of the wife on the other hand. The hope within a Christian home is that there would be agreement on most areas in the home. That there would be open dialogue, communication between the husband and the wife and that they could work through issues together when there are areas of disagreement, and that then together the husband and the wife can reach a conclusion that yes, this is the way that we must 
proceed here. And so then together we with one mind and one will can proceed in this direction. But if ever there should be an area of disagreement or conflict between husband and between wife, and after they have discussed this matter together, after they have prayed together over it, after they have opened the Word of God and discussed the application of God's Word to this subject, if there still remains disagreement between the will of the husband and the will of the wife, then the calling in that situation is for the wife to be subject unto the will of her husband. The hope, as I said, is that this would not often arise in a Christian home. And hear a word to the single young woman who is dating, and who wants to marry, how important it is that you be spiritually one with your, with your boyfriend, the person you're dating, so that when you do, if God wills, enter into marriage with that individual, you can be in agreement with Him. How dreadful it would be to get married unto someone with whom you are not in agreement, you might love him very much. You might think that he is so wonderful, so kind, so gentle. But what if it turns out that you're not in agreement spiritually? And now the Word of God is submit. Submit to him until death separates you. Be careful, young women, whom you look for in a spouse. But now, can we be more specific and concrete here in what this means for the Christian wife to live in subjection unto her husband? Before we set forth positively what this means, let's give this caution here that needs to be given that the wife is called to be subject unto her husband does not mean that the husband has the right to domineer his wife. It is possible that a husband could misunderstand and thus misapply this passage of the Word of God. And the way that he would misapply this passage of the Word of God is by doing this, he would insist that his wife never question him on any of his positions. And if ever there should be any form of disagreement between the husband and the wife, the husband will quickly point to this text and say, you are called to submit. You are called to be in subjection unto me. The discussion is over. I have made the decision. You abide by my rules. That is not what God is calling here Christian husbands to do. 
that God calls the Christian wife to be in subjection unto her husband does not mean that the wife does not have a voice in the marriage. That God calls the Christian wife to be in subjection unto the husband does not mean that the Christian wife cannot think and that she cannot think logically and coherently. That the Word of God calls here the wife to live in subjection unto the husband does not mean that the wife does not have the right to speak to her husband in a respectful way about things that are burdensome to her, about things that weigh on her heart and on her soul. Husbands must not abuse this text by living in a tyrannical or a domineering way over their wives. So positively then, what does it look like in a marriage where the wife lives in subjection unto her husband? calling, beloved, is that you, are, you as wives are to encourage and reverence your husbands while seeking as much as possible to be one with him in every area of marriage. That's the calling. Encourage and reverence your husband seeking to be one with him in every area of marriage. We must not misunderstand this text here as applying only to certain and limited situations in marriage where there happens to be conflict between the husband and the wife. When God gives the calling to wives to live in subjection unto their husbands, it's not as if the wife may simply do what she wants to do for most of the time, and the husband can do what he wants to do for most of the time, but the only time that this text applies to the Christian wife is in those limited situations where there is conflict or disagreement, and then, okay, in that situation, the wife, perhaps begrudgingly, submits to the will of her husband because, well, that's what God's Word says here in Ephesians 5. We must not so narrow the application of that text that it would only then apply in those areas. But living in subjection unto one's husband is a daily, willful determination of the wife, where she is determined in her heart and in her soul to live in subjection unto the head whom God has placed over her. And how does she reveal that she is subject unto her husband? She reveals this by encouraging him, by reverencing him, and uplifting him. Verse 33, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. 
One of the greatest emotional needs that men have is the need to be respected. Do you know, wives, who has the single greatest ability either to lift up your husband by the respect that you give him or discourage him by the lack of respect given to him. It is true that the boss of your husband can either make his day or break his day by giving him respect or not respecting him. It's true that your husband's colleagues, your husband's friends, can either encourage him or discourage him. But you know who the single most important person is in your husband's life that he wants reverence and respect from? It's not his boss. It's not his colleagues. It's not his friends. But it's you, the Christian wife. Reverence him, literally respect him. Show him that you honor him as the head over the home. Do so by not second guessing every one of the decisions that he makes. Do so by giving unto him words of affirmation and respect. Take note of what He does for the home. Maybe you feel that He could do more for the home. Maybe you wish He did a better job of cleaning up after Himself, of tidying up in the home. Find something that He does do well. Acknowledge it and thank Him for that. Reverence Him as your head. And then also, how practically does the Christian wife live in subjection unto her husband? Very simply, by living with Him and by responding unto Him in conversation. It happens that a Christian wife sinfully rebels against this Word of God to live in in subjection unto her husband. But the form of her rebellion is very crafty. She knows better than to be loud and vocal in her not respecting her husband. She knows better than to be that individual who is always criticizing and always critiquing her husband. So she comes up with a different way of rebelling against the Word of God here in this text. And what does she do? She drifts from her husband. She begins to ignore her husband 
while she goes off and does her own thing. There are things that interest her, after all, and are very important to her. And so soon these interests in her life occupy more and more of her time until she has so wholly given herself over unto her interests and her wants that it's, there's no time left over for her husband. And perhaps it's not even a deliberate determination on behalf of the wife to go her own direction and spend her time occupied with her own desires. Perhaps it's inadvertent. Perhaps it's something that of itself is a good cause. Maybe it's the work of rearing up children. After all, who could argue that there's more noble work to do than the work of rearing up the children? But then she so gives herself over to the work of caring for and rearing her children that her husband becomes an afterthought. The only time they get together is when the wife is so tired and so emotional that at that time she can't even engage in conversation with her husband anymore. Live in subjection unto your husband, to your husbands by being with him and engaging with him in conversation. Perhaps inadvertently one gets caught up in the busyness of this earth, but it's not uncommon that it's intentional. The silent treatment is not living in subjection to your husband. Speak with him, even when it's difficult. For what reason does God call the wife to live in subjection unto their husbands? Before we look at the reason given to us in verse 23, it is good for us to understand that there are, are there not, so many obstacles that would prevent a wife from wanting or being able to live in subjection unto her husband. There is the world, first of all, which presents an obstacle to the wife in being subject to her husband. The world does not encourage, much less speak highly of submission. In fact, the world is on a battle against this idea of submission and is seeking to destroy any idea of submission. You see it in how people interact with law enforcement today. That there is no respect for those who have been given authority by God. But it's not as if those who live lawless lives, who have no respect for authority, got that from out of thin air. No, they got that from watching how mom interacted with dad. Because the world would encourage the secular woman that you do not need to submit to your husband. That you are an independent, you are a strong, you are a fierce 
woman, and you can stand your own ground, and you are equal unto your husband in every respect, and so therefore, what is this old-fashioned thinking that you need to be subject unto your husband? You go out and you find your own career, and you do your own thing, and when you do that, you will be happy, says the world. An obstacle. Christian submission. But then there's another obstacle, and that's closer to home. You know who it is? It's we, husbands. We are an obstacle to Christian submission. Why? Because we're sinners. And we can be pretty hard to get along with in marriage. Because we're stubborn. Because we don't listen very well. Because we don't communicate very well. Because we're Mr. Fix-It who doesn't have the ability to empathize. That then the Christian wife struggles with submission. The young woman, eager about getting married, has a romanticized view, perhaps, of marriage. At long last, the big day is coming. She can't wait to get married. She has somebody who cares for her somebody who is going to love her and shower affection upon her. And they get married and it's a happy occasion. And then her husband sins against her. And she is struck with the sobering reality that she has to submit to a sinful husband. She might be smarter than him. She may be able to out-argue him. But that doesn't change God's Word. Be subject. The third and final obstacle that would prevent the Christian wife from submitting, and this closer to home yet, is the sinful nature of the woman. The woman by nature, does not like to submit to her husband. It's not just that the world encourages this, not submitting. It's not just that her husband oftentimes fails in his responsibility to be the head over her, but it's this. The woman by nature does not like anyone else to rule over her. And so the woman by nature foolishly thinks that she does not need the headship of her husband. She insists that she is equal with her husband in every respect. And that she would be better off in her life without submitting unto the will of her husband. And so by nature, then, the wife comes up with all sorts of objections to this text. 
of God's Word. Perhaps even right now, the devil is at work tempting wives to think, why is the minister focusing on this verse of the Bible? Aren't there other verses of the Bible that the minister could have used to focus on why do I need to hear this word about submission? It's exactly because the Christian wife does not want to submit by nature that the Word of God comes and instructs us repeatedly in the New Testament. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. So what is the reason then why wives must submit? The reason is given in the 23rd verse, for as the husband is the head of the wife, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. In short, Christian wives, that is why you are called to submit, because the husband is your head. That's it. He's your head. Briefly, we may note about this headship that the husband has, that God has given unto the husband that headship. This has been an ordinance of God from the beginning of time. We have emphasized how the New Testament Scriptures set forth the reality that the wife is to be in subjection unto her husband. But let us not imagine that that was not already the case throughout the Old Testament Scriptures. This was an ordinance of God from the beginning of time that God placed the husband to be the head over the wife. Genesis 3, verse 16, God there addressed the woman, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Peter, the Apostle Peter, in his inspired reflections upon the Old Testament history states in 1 Peter 3, verses 5-6, through 6, For after this manner the holy women also, speaking of Old Testament, holy women, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters are ye, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. And so the Christian wife then must understand the reality and believe the reality that God has placed this man to be head over me. In the moment of weakness, the devil would have you to think otherwise. The devil would have the Christian wife to think that the husband is only head over me, perhaps because he's a power-hungry individual. 
Perhaps because he's a stern person. He's a controlling individual. And so because of his stern personality or his desire for power, that's why he's insisting that I must submit unto him. That the Word of God teaches Christian wives, it is not the devil who placed your husband over you, but it is God Himself. For the husband is the head. God placed him over you because he knows you and because he loves you. And God knew what would be best for you. God knew your weaknesses, your insecurities, your doubts the struggles that you have. And in love for you, God gave you a husband to be head over you, to help you, to assist you, and to lead you. And then notice as well what this verse teaches about the husband being head it teaches that there is a resemblance between the headship of the husband over his wife and the headship of Jesus Christ over the church. For the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church and He is the Savior of the body. And notice that the text states it here as a matter of fact. There is this resemblance between the headship of the husband and the headship of Christ over the church. It's a declaration made in the Word of God. The husband is the head even as Christ is the head over the church. It does not state it as a wish or as a desire. It does not say here that I wish that my husband would be head over me in the same way that Christ is head over the church. It does not say if only my husband were more Christ-like in his words and his actions and his ability to empathize and understand me and if my husband were more Christ like, then I would receive him as head over me. No, the Word of God states it as a fact. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. This truth. There's similarity between the headship of the husband and the headship of Christ certainly has application for husbands. That means that we are to rule even as Christ ruled and love even as Christ loved. But next week, God willing, we'll look more fully at what that means. For now, in addressing Christian wife 
we note there is application for you as well. What does it mean to you that your husband is head over you even as Christ is head over the church? The meaning for you is this, wives. You show your submissiveness unto Jesus Christ by living in submissiveness to your husband. Do you love, wives, Jesus Christ? Do you want to show your submissiveness to Christ? Will you honor Him, reverence Him, look up to Him, and be in subjection to Jesus Christ in every area of your life? And here's how, Christian wives, you show your love and your honor for Christ by honoring, reverencing, and living in submission unto your husband. You see, this isn't ultimately about the relationship between you and your husband. but This is about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul says, this is, verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. John Kelvin writes, Wives cannot obey Christ without yielding obedience to their husbands. Out of love for Jesus Christ, reverence and honor your husband. A high standard God has given unto you as wives. And the high standard is this. That as the church, the bride of Christ, is subject unto Jesus, so you are to be subject unto your husbands. Verse 24, Therefore as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in every Thing. This is the standard that God gives to you who are wives. Would you learn how to live in subjection unto your husband? Do you want a model that God gives unto you that teaches you and shows you what is to be your relationship with your husband? That's forth the church. Even as the church is subject unto Jesus Christ, so the Christian wife is to be subject unto her husband. This relationship between the church and Jesus Christ is a relationship that has been ordained by God in eternity. It is a relationship that is most intimate, where God views His church in and through Jesus Christ. And God loves His church through Jesus Christ. And now the Word of God is, is, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their husbands in everything. 
This means then for us as wives that there is no area in our life that we can say is off limits to the headship and the rule of our husbands. There's no aspect of the church, no person in the church, no activity in the church, no worship of the church, where the church may claim Jesus Christ does not rule over me. But in every aspect of the church, Jesus is King. So it is then in marriage. There is no area of marriage where the wife can insist, you don't have the right to rule over me in this regard. You're not my head in this regard. I'm going to do what I want. No. In every area, The husband is the head. It's emphasized in the final words here of verse 24. So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. In parenting. And the countless decisions that go into rearing up a child. The husband is head. In finance, making decisions about money, spending, investments, purchases, the husband is the head. In worship, in the timing, the manner, the place of worship, the husband is head. The only way, beloved, that this works is when there's trust. Wives are to submit to their husbands with the required attitude of trust. You understand this full well. There's no trust in marriage. There's no submission in marriage. The wife cannot, does not, or refuses to trust her husband. She will not be able to live in subjection unto unto her husband. Without trust, she will second-guess his decisions, his leadership. She will challenge him at every step of the way. And eventually the husband will grow so weary of defending himself or his position that he will lose his spine and he will stop taking a stance on anything and he will simply let his wife take over the home. For there to be submission from the wife to the husband, there must be trust from the wife to the husband. Your husband trusts you. You know that, do you not? He does trust you. 
He trusts you with parenting, with the care of the home. The Word of God tells us so. Proverbs 31, verse 11, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. He trusts you. And the calling you have is to trust Him. Trust Him because that is what the church does to Jesus Christ. Even as the church would never submit unto Jesus Christ, the church would never yield her will unto Jesus Christ, if it was not for the fact that the church trusts Jesus Christ. We trust Him, verse 23, because Christ is the head of the church and He is the Savior of the body. It is because Jesus Christ laid down His life at Calvary and in that sacrificial death, earned for His church life everlasting, that the members of the church are able to trust Him. Now, as the church trusts Jesus Christ, may God give grace to you who are wise to trust and be subject unto your husbands. Amen. Our Father which art in heaven, we confess that we fall so far short of the mark which Thou hast set for us. We see the high standards set before us, and who can say within himself or herself that I have done it. I have been faithful in every respect. Father, we confess unto Thee our shortcomings in obedience, our failures. We confess the rebelliousness of our hearts. Would Thou graciously pardon us and equip us, especially as wives, that we might love our husbands and reverence them, living in subjection unto them even as Sarah did to Abraham. Wilt thou forgive us our sins for Jesus' sake? Amen.